Hello, hello, welcome to episode 13 of Baki Talkie. I know I say this every week, but very excited about this one for a lot of reasons. This is sort of the season one finale. It's one of those weird seasons that has a halfway point. But also, I'm very excited for our first ever in-person guest, my good friend, Naomi. Can you tell that I'm here in the same room? Is that to me? Yes. Yes, I can tell that. <laughs> me too. So, Naomi, I've got two questions that I ask every guest. The first is, other than Baki, what shows are you watching? Oh, I don't watch any shows. In fact, I um, didn't have Netflix, so I had to uh, find a uh, stream of this. And there's a website, if the, if the people at home are wondering, called NineAnime.net, which has like good versions of all the animes, as far as I could tell. All of them. Um, so, so if the podcast gets taken down in the near future, um, that's uh, promoting 9anime.com will be why. That's the best answer yet. You, you even top Scott, because at least he said that he watched Oz like 10 years oh. ago. <laughs> yes, Scott, didn't he watch The Office when we were in, in high school? Some yeah. of the episodes because his brother put it on or something like that. Exactly. I don't watch shows. That's good. Second question. What did you know about Baki before watching this episode? Um, before watching the episode, I knew nothing uh, other than that you wanted to cover it and that there were a few versions of it available. Yeah, I, I tell everybody that because on Netflix there's Baki and Baki Hanma. Um, uh, and Hanma is the older one, is that correct? No, Baki Hanma is newer. Oh, okay. There, there's, there's a much older one that isn't on Netflix, at least to my knowledge. At least on Canadian Netflix. All right, let's let's jump into the episode. So, just to set the scene, we pick up right where the last episode ended. Sikorsky is inside Kozue's room with his hand over her mouth, telling her that she better not scream or he's going to kill her mother. Am I making the situation clear to you, young lady? One tiny peep out of you, and your mother will pay for it with her life. Uh, Naomi, what what did you think? <laughs> what did what were your initial thoughts as the episode started? Okay, first of all, uh, the theme song. I'm sure everyone oh, yes. says this. Uh, yeah, I found uh, some other tracks from that artist. I didn't write it down. The name it starts with a G, right? The it's like some Japanese. Green Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hyped. Like you know, like I I was so resistant. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch a show, and I've like literally never seen an anime. And then immediately, this theme song was amazing. The um, aesthetics were like, holy shit! Like <laughs> I'm about to see a lot of muscles. You know, oh, yeah. like uh, this is definitely they have their female audience in mind. You know, or well, I don't know their male admiring audience in mind. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, it was very, the whole show is very sexual, and right from the beginning, with her, and, um, she has, like, her mouth, they have a thing around her mouth, right? And she's tied up? I think, I think it's a hand over her mouth. Oh, uh-huh. I could uh-huh. be, I could be wrong. Editor Steve here, I was not wrong, it's his hands. Sikorsky's only thing is having strong hands, so, pretty safe bet. No, it is, it is a pretty sexual show. It's so funny, the last episode, um or two episodes back, I was, uh, Allie was on and she was talking about how she was hoping for some full frontal nudity. Um, and I said, that doesn't happen in this show. And I was mostly wrong, but 
I don't want to get too far ahead in the episode. Yeah, because it doesn't quite deliver on... Oh, don't worry. We're, we're going to talk more oh, okay, okay. about <laughs> that. Yeah, so that's what I thought. I wrote Baki is so sexy. I like his mole. I think that's actually after. Like, that's right at the end of the scene. That you see yeah. He, he does sort of have like a beauty mark type of mole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the angle of his jaw... It's like, this does not exist in, like, Western animation, you know? No. I don't think Homer Simpson uh, has the <laughs> same vibe going as Baki. Homer Simpson has a very weak chin, you know, compared to <laughs> Baki. I know who I'd take in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> so the scene starts, Sikorsky is basically saying, if you scream, I will kill your mom. Very, you know, very straightforward. And K- Baki, or Kozue says basically i know you will try but that baki who is nowhere nearby and not in the room at the moment will stop you before you can erase my voice you'll kill my mother and me i believe you but i believe in someone else just as much and uh, what do you know uh, she screams he tries to kill her and baki um teleports into the room basically And then they start fighting, of course. Uh, what, what did you think of Baki versus Sikorsky? Well, it's funny because he, already Sikorsky is like, wow, like he's really built with like, you know, he's big guy. Yeah. And big shoulders. But yeah, Baki is, is no match for him. Yeah, the logic of him coming in was unclear. There's a lot of quick cuts in the in the show it, it's to hide the fact that nothing actually makes sense uh like, right. like if you actually watch Sikorsky and Baki just phase through the window with nobody seeing and like and Sikorsky yeah, did that the last glass episode. on on the floor right and yeah then he steps over the glass it's so like manly it's so intense like you know everything is like um has a sharp angle to it like the way everything is drawn and like it, m- it might be the manliest show I've, I've ever watched yeah like literally like you just watch this like giant muscly guy like lumbering around like but he's like dodging these shards of glass like it's like so dangerous and like some of the sounds I, like I noticed later some of the they have very delicate ways of stepping mm. um, despite their large bodies I can run the 100 meters in 11 seconds. And it sort of comes in later in, in another scene. It's the control they have over their bodies from years of martial arts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess without the context, because this one, I mean, there's fighting, but it's not really, there's no martial arts training that comes into this episode. Yeah, no, you, usually in the more extended fights, we'll get a narrator explain to us why, what martial arts are going on, but... Yeah, this, this fight's very quick punches and kicks and um, jackets being thrown around. Great music. Great music. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's that's something I, I, I think I've forgotten just because I, I, I'm not, I don't watch every anime or anything like that, but I've watched a few, and I, I always think the music is very well done. They, they really hype things up, and Baki is no exception to that. 
Sad fact, this is the last episode that has that opening theme song. Oh, what do, so what do they use next? I don't want to spoil it. That'll be next episode. I'll show you after this record, though. Have you watched all of these before? Or is this the yes, first one? Yes, oh, okay. it's the whole premise of the podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought we were just talking Baki. It's Baki talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I have watched, for, for new listeners... <laughs> I've watched the anime, I've watched all of the seasons that are out on Netflix. Um, I've purposely avoided reading up on the manga or the previous anime, just to keep a little bit of the surprise, because I love the Netflix anime so much. But yes, so I've, I've watched uh, ahead. Uh-huh. I should get you the manga from the library. You know, I bet they have it. Go uh, for it. That'd be fun. But it, there's going to be spoilers. Um, anyway, back on track. So Sikorsky gets punched out the window. Baki then goes, oh, I'll go out and finish him. Uh, and then finds out it Sikorsky's not out the window. It's actually just his jacket. And in the two seconds that Baki went out the window, Sikorsky came back in the house, took Kozue silently. The mom didn't say anything. This is Matsumoto. Where's Kozue? Where is she? He's taken her. He's taken Kozue. And uh, is now in a truck or an ice cream truck. I, I have no idea. Driving across town with Kozue. Oh, yeah, right. This was like, yeah, this was strange, the logic of this. And then who's the person that's left over? That's it. That's Kozue's mom. Oh, okay. Baki's landlord. Yeah, she looked upset. Yeah, because her daughter just got <laughs> But I was also like, who is this? It's fair. I think it'd be okay to be upset. So it's a pretty thrilling start to the episode. Baki had defeated Sikorsky, and then Sikorsky kidnaps his girlfriend, uh, drives off into the night, Sikor and Kozue is just wearing her pajamas. Like, it, it, pretty revealing outfit. And uh, that's the rest of that. That's, that's all we're getting for that episode. Because the next 25 minutes, it becomes a Mr. Oliver episode. Uh, who has not been a part of the show yet. Um, so that's what we're going to be discussing for the next uh, 25 minutes or, <laughs> or so. But before we get to that, we start with a scene with the basically all of the world powers have assembled. Inside, six men have gathered from all over the world to find some way of dealing with the escaped death row inmates who have arrived in the land of the rising sun. We have Japan, America, Japan and America again, Russia and uh, the UK who shows up to say nothing and they have gathered together to figure out what to do about the remaining three death row inmates uh, Doyle, Sikorsky, and Yanagi <laughs> what did you think of this scene? okay uh, the British guy is funny the way they made the <laughs> British face with like those round <laughs> sunken eyes well, uh, and, and he had like a silly name, right? Like it was like yeah, Justice. Yeah, it was like Lord something. <laughs> From the United Kingdom, Lord Chief Justice Julius Norton. Yeah, I didn't write that, write that one down. I wrote down Valentin Sokolov. Yeah. Like, that's the KGB guy. Well, the American guy is called Bart Allen. That's the Flash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that was like an intentional nod or it was just like a kind of a... I have no idea. Translation I, thing. Maybe it was one of those things where just he knows that's an American name from reading the Flash. Mm. He's like, oh, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, the British guy does nothing. I had no idea what was going on. Um, uh, yeah, that makes sense that they were talking about the last three. 
inmates but i'm yeah i was like what like what is this meeting why is the ussr being mentioned like is that something to do with the historical context of when baki was written or like is it set in the past it's a good question i'm pretty sure baki was written a while ago but i don't think the ussr was still around but that's just more interesting i mean i get like an 80s vibe from the show yeah, I think it was. I think this arc was written in the '90s, was my understanding. But I'll, I'll have editor Steve confirm the timeline. So the Death Row Inmate Saga took place between 1999 to 2003. Um, also, it, the USSR is not mentioned. It's actually the Russian Federation that uh, Valentin works for. If the USSR is still around, that's ridiculous. Yeah, because um, they say that, right? It's like he's KGB. He's definitely KGB. Yeah. He's actually former KGB. And from the Russian Federation, former KGB officer Valentin Sokolov. Yeah, so this this uh, this meeting, well, just for context for you, Naomi, so five death row inmates from around the world broke out of their jails, flew to Tokyo to taste defeat. Um, Sikorsky's one of them, uh, and the only one we meet this episode. And so Sonata, who, listeners of the show, we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, you might remember him as the man who was peeing at a urinal and then speck came over and uh just humiliated him with his much larger stream of urine so that's the 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 police chief from episode two is back uh and they're trying to figure out how to deal with the remaining death row inmates other than dorian and speck who have been um captured the russian ambassador has an interesting idea that apparently the americans can uh, fight fire with fire as the english and apparently japanese like to say here in Japan, I believe you have a saying similar to the English expression, fight fire with fire. Oh, yeah, right. He has, like, a saying, right? Like, as the Japanese <laughs> always say. Yeah, I believe the Japanese have a similar saying to fight fire with fire. The Americans are pretty hesitant, but they decide to go for it. And so that, that leads into the, the main plot of the episode, which is uh, Sonata, the police chief, flies to America to uh, Arizona State Penitentiary to meet Mr. Oliver, the Unchained. Why, why don't you walk us through his uh, his arrival at the prison? Okay, first of all, Mr. Sonata is supposed to be Japanese, right? Yes. So why is he black, kind He's of? He's not like The actor, <laughs> the voice actor. Yeah, great question. Uh, we're going to fact check if the voice actor is black. Why do I keep asking for editor Steve? Uh, yes, he he. What the the voice actor is black. He he's very much. I don't know if you if you ever heard the term warfed. Um, it's it's like a Star Trek term. It's like Worf is a character in Next Generation who's very tough, but his only role is to get beat up so that like you know that the other guy's even tougher than Worf. Oh, I see. So Sonata is a big tough guy who serves to get completely emasculated by even tougher and stronger guys. Yeah, because Mr. Oliver, I mean, I never could have dreamed of such a man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he goes into the prison, the and he, like, announces his arrival, and the prison guards are, like, suspect of his, um, you know, whether he's going to be effective or not. Mm -hmm. Then he goes into that hallway... Um, which is Mr. Oliver's hallway. Yeah. And, like, the, the best part was, like, it zooms in on the carpet. Um, but it's just, like, because of the texture of the animation, the carpet's just, like, a flat 
Yeah, yeah basically. Just red. And he's like, and but he's like, um, I wrote down the quote. He says, "This carpentry, this artwork, this guy lives like a fucking king." <laughs> this carpeting, this artwork, this guy lives like a freaking king. Yeah, no, it's. I, I I guess they have a more Spartan lifestyle in Japan. Yeah, it, nobody has red. Car- to be fair, I mean, like, burgundy carpeting. I mean, I don't know anyone. I, I could see it being described as a royal red. I did also like the, the slight burn they had at Americans when they were they picked him up from the airport and he went, I've heard that Americans aren't too fond of working overtime, so I appreciate you picking me up at this hour. I guess that's like a Japanese worker thing, because Japanese people are, like, better Hard workers. Work. Yeah, and better yeah. at martial arts. Um. And, and better in general, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Fair enough, you know, Japan, I get it. I don't work very hard. <laughs> so. Oh my god. Yeah, so Sonata shows up at the prison. So we're introduced to Mr. Oliver, and his basic shtick is this. Well, first off, um, this always annoys me. The character's name is Oliver, like with V-A. But for some reason, they always pronounce it Oliver, so that's how I'm going to call it. I don't know what's right. Uh Um, Yeah, that's what I wrote down. I mean, that's definitely what I heard. I don't know if that's, like, specific to the dub or or something. I think it might be, like, a dub thing. Like, they're trying to English-size. Whatever. Have you watched it like in the undubbed version, like just captioned? Uh, I've done it for an episode or two, not this one. Um, Je- Jeff watched it all subtitled, so I-, I sometimes hear what it's like from him. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot more pleasure in hearing the the voice acting, like the the Japanese voice acting, or no, the English the English dub voices it depends on the show the the problem is english voice actors are usually bad and i don't know if i would say that baki is an exception to the rule but i think it very fits the vibe of the show yeah it's got character yeah but uh to describe oliver he is a prisoner he lives in the prison except he has art on the walls he has various busts of uh, just oh yeah right it's filled with statues like he's like <laughs> metal shiny statues he's got a big screen tv he's got uh, fine beers and wines in the fridge fridge is like so sexy that was a highlight for me and he's he's wearing like a a nice dress shirt you know like a nice purple uh i don't even a dress shirt's too formal it's almost like a hawaiian shirt yeah yeah because it's got short sleeves and it's like you know so you can see more of his arms i guess yeah and for reference, um, Oliver is, I know I say this every episode, but no, Oliver is the buffest guy we've ever seen on the show. Uh, he's bigger than the guy I said I, he was. that was bigger than Yujiro. He's bigger than Yujiro. And there's a reason for that. Uh, like a lot of Baki characters, Oliver is based on a real world person who was a Cuban bodybuilder. No way. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, we'll, we'll get into it in later episodes, but Oliver's shtick is he's not much of a martial artist. He's just very, very muscular. I've been thinking a lot about him recently. I, I, I will say, I, th- I think he's my most likable character in the show. I think he's a very cool guy. The name's Oliver. I should have let you rest before meeting you, but I'm kind of an impatient guy. Yeah, and, like, the, just the amount of worship that he receives from everyone based on his presence. Like, Mr. Snotter, he sees him, and he's like, I wrote down this quote, too. He's huge. 
And not an ounce of fat on him either. The man is a towering mountain of pure muscle. This man's uh, a towering mountain of pure muscle. It's just like pure admiration too, because obviously this guy's like a he's like a fighter. Yeah, a he, fighter. he wants to be him. It's funny because I thought you were gonna steal my quote because I wrote down a very similar quote of. Uh -huh. Just look at that monstrosity of an arm. It's like a side of beef. <laughs> the show is like so mask while you know also being like homoerotic. <laughs> it really is. I would, I would really. You know what the funniest thing is? This is more women in it than I think any episode so far. Just by having Kozue and her mom and in the same mom. episode. <laughs> I found yeah. I, I have a lot to say about Kozue, but I'm going to spread that out through the season. But yeah, so Oliver is the world, one of the world's strongest men. And uh, it turns out that he has a deal with the prison. He gets to live like a king and he gets to leave whenever he wants. And basically he is a bounty hunter. So he puts people in jail and he lives like a king. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Why is it I'm given free run of this joint, for example? It's one of the perks I get for being an excellent big game hunter. Criminals are the big game I hunt, and there is nobody better than I am at bagging them. As a matter of fact, most of the inmates here at Arizona State Penitentiary were captured by yours truly. <laughs> we neglected to mention that there's like this amazing jazz music that plays. Yes. While they're, while they're in the room. It's just like pure luxury, like hearing that music as he opens the fridge. Champagne, Inspector? Or would you prefer a beer? A Japanese import? And like, there's so many different types of bottles in there. Yeah. Like, it's like the fanciest like wine bar in Toronto that I've never been to before and like looked in the window of. Like, it's like that level of fridge. It's, it's like, um, it sounds like one of the, those old Stefan sketches on SNL. It's like, the hottest club in New York is <laughs> in an Arizona state prison. Talk to Mr. Oliver and you can get the finest Japanese sake. Yeah, would you go hang out there? Oh my god. Um, like if you were you right now and it's like, oh, tomorrow I'll fly you out to Japan. Just for no, work no. Well, first of all, it's in Arizona. But um, oh, he, oh, he flew to Arizona. Oh, wait, because they're in the U.S. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, because as much as I like Mr. Oliver, there's and any Baki character has a good chance of just beating me up for some reason. I, I don't I would I would not trust it. Also, who am I hanging out with at this prison? <laughs> what am I gonna talk to Mr. Oliver about? Weightlifting? You, you just like give different like analogies for like his looks, like, you know, and your leg, like it looks like a lamb shank. Is that even a compliment? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Leg looks like a lamb shank. That's why he beats me up. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm not saying I would go. So, okay. So my favorite Oliver thing, because um, after he explains himself, they re uh, he gets called into duty. He's got to deal with a pr uh, some bad guy the U.S. government wants him to catch. So they, f they walk out to the courtyard where they prepare to get on a helicopter, which I believe he flies the helicopter. Um, 
which was pretty cool. And Sonata realizes there is a mural painted onto the wall of the prison. Um, I, w- I wanted to get your thoughts on the mural. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's kind of like, it looks crude. Like, uh, it's like Oliver and then a it's... bunch of the same person behind him, right? Like yeah. paper dolls or something. Well, I, I think what it's supposed to be is Oliver pointing out at the sun or pointing out into the distance and then a bunch of crying criminals behind him oh <laughs> it looks like propaganda <laughs> yeah it's strange and he said he got people to, to paint it for him yeah um yeah it, it it's it's definitely like i like i said i thought we were still in japan i don't think this type of thing would happen in in uh arizona i don't well if if you're as strong as oliver and you want a mural um by the way, my favorite part of the episode is the fact that everybody calls... Is that, like, the prison guards and the warden are, like, calling him Mr. Oliver and, like, they have to do whatever he says. Yeah, yeah, and he's, like, um... It's, like, it's the only thing about his presence that, like, commands respect is, like, his body. Like, he's a completely casual person. Yeah. Like, he answers the phone. Did you notice Oh, yeah, he said, like, yeah, what up? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Straight out of like the wire or something. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> the wire, but the police are just like, how do we arrest this man? Yeah. He's bulletproof. Because <laughs> you know, like in those like Reddit threads, it's like, what's the thing about America that you like expected like that there to be based on like watching yeah. American culture? And everyone says that thing about how Americans don't answer the phone, like saying hello because like in shows yeah that's what they do i feel like the japanese were trying to like make him american by doing that and they succeeded yeah in my opinion super cool i loved it i'm gonna answer my phone that way i'm gonna just change my voicemail to yo what up (laughs) (laughs) all right uh, so they fly a helicopter over. It seems there's been some sort of uh, terrorist activity. A lone criminal called Jeff. Let's get this little reunion of ours started. Okay, Jeff? Um, oh, Jeff! I know. I realized halfway through when Oliver just called him Jeff, and I was like, yeah. So Jeff, the criminal, has taken over the... Um, a, a random building killed a bunch of people it turns out that jeff used to be a cop who uh would beat up uh, hippies and was pretty good at martial arts remember me jeff marks new york state police i was an enterprising guy back then used to make a little on the side by shaking down hippies and such then one day you showed up i thought i was pretty good at martial arts but you taught me different until Oliver one day beat the absolute snot out of him uh, and just obliterated him. So Jeff plotted his revenge and summoned Oliver to this trap. Naomi, can you just tell me how this, um, how his master scheme goes? Okay, so this is when he goes up the stairs, right? Yeah, so what happens? He goes up there. So he goes up then... the stairs, talks to Jeff, and then Jeff tells him to strip. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. And then he says, look at the size of you. It's no wonder I didn't stand a chance against you. Look at the size of you. It's no wonder I didn't stand a chance against you back then, huh? To be to be fair, I don't think 
Oliver's Hawaiian shirt was really hiding his muscles. I could have told you how buff the guy was. Yeah, because he says that after, yeah, because he says, but why does he make him strip? Question mark. That was what I was wondering. And then I said, Oliver has a nice ass. Uh, but yeah, so you get like full frontal nudity, but it doesn't really show. I mean, I wasn't. I wanted to describe. Uh, how would you describe that nudity? I because I wouldn't say it was tasteful. It's it's Oliver full frontal. They have um, shaded out his genitals, so you see the uh, silhouette, and apparently he is just completely erect. Um. <laughs> oh, you know what? I totally missed that. Because I was like, ha, huh, I'm not seeing this. Like, there must be shadows. Yeah, do you, you have an what? image? <laughs> this is the fun part about doing this record is I can just show you. Um, like, for not, sure. Imagine if it's just, like, my, my desktop background. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, it says Mr. Oliva. This is strange. Um, yeah, so... It's for sure very homoerotic, but it seems to come out of nowhere. So. Right, okay, I remember the shot of the stomach. Close up. Look at this. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's it's just the silhouette. Um, but yeah, if it's... No, you're seeing... It's very clear what, what it is that you're seeing. Like, there's nothing left in the imagination. <laughs> like, uh, I, and the pan up is so, uh, you know, it, it, it hits you over the head. It definitely so very, could. You know, I thought Japanese people were supposed to be subtle. Oh, you, you, you've watched this episode. <laughs> there's no subtlety. Anyway, it's... Wow. I did not notice that the first time. I I think that said something about me, that I'm very innocent. Yeah, you were you were judging the, the overall character. Your eyes weren't drawn to the gutter. Yeah, know. I was just looking at his muscles, you know, and thinking, how can I train in martial arts so I can look this way? And you missed the uh, biggest muscle. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, okay, so the prisoner is turned on... <laughs> by Mr. Oliver. Of course, yeah. To the point that he's willing to sacrifice... His life. His life. And we can call the prisoner Jeff. I think it's funnier that way. Right, right. So Jeff, uh, last name not included. Yeah, so he's so aroused. He pulls out his shotgun and um, shoots Mr. Oliver point blank five times. Uh, on his naked body. <laughs> Viewers at home, I'm sure you can guess, this does absolutely nothing. In a move that I'm sure I've actually seen the Hulk do before, Oliver then flexes and pushes all of the bullets out of his body because his muscles are that strong. So is this where he says, guess you weren't aware that I have a steel plate over my heart? No, that's the next part. Oh, okay. So that part I thought was predictable. You know, you shoot Oliver with um, a shotgun. It doesn't work. The next part was a surprise. Oh, the sword, right? When he, fuck, he brings a katana out from Yeah, <laughs> yeah how, did that, how does that go for him? It doesn't seem fair, almost, like, in a plot sense, because 
it's so unearned like you know it's like surprises in one way or the other way like you know either the katana or the steel plate yeah it's <laughs> but when you do like surprise well surprise like you know it just like it, it, it loses its effect yeah try dodging this Guess you weren't aware I have a steel plate over my heart. So yeah, Jeff pulls out a katana, tries to stab Mr. Oliver. Uh, turns out he's got a steel plate right over his heart. And um, Oliver gets bored of the fight and punches Jeff probably 30 feet out a window to his death. Which we could have, you know, we could have predicted. <laughs> like, we didn't see, have to see, like, the shadow of his dick. No. <laughs> sword shotgun at some point i think it's it must be jeff who says it to oliver well aren't you the sneaky little devil <laughs> i think yeah i think that makes sense which is very flirty oh, uh yes. which is in line with what we're seeing it's basically they just like inserted a gratuitous sex scene <laughs> Um, which has no consequence. Well, I suppose Mr. It, Oliver... It has consequence to Jeff. But, yeah, it's there's no real consequence other than we learn Oliver is very strong and has a metal plate over his heart. And we, like, there was, we knew that he, you know, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. It was, it's very straightforward in some ways. It's not, it's not a surprise ending. Well, you know, there is one way this is a surprise ending. So, uh, other Jeff, the or the same Jeff, who knows? But uh, the Jeff who was on the podcast a few episodes ago. So he watched <laughs> he watched Baki before I did. He watched this first season when it came out, and so this was actually the last episode that was out at the time. Mm -hmm. And so he just assumed that it was a regular season, and he was waiting to see how are they going to tie things up this season. And so the way this season ends is we spend 25 minutes with a character we've never met before, and then he punches a guy out a window, and that's the end of the season, which I think is one of the greatest season finales um, I've ever seen. Is it, like... As a cliffhanger, it kind of works. But it's not even a cliffhanger. Like, I, who, are we supposed to care about Jeff flying out the window? Yeah, I guess it's true. Because, like, okay, because the very final shot is Mr. Sonata, right? And he's just, like, I said, completely aghast. Yeah. Um, he's got, like, those circles, those white circles of sweat on, on his face or whatever. Yeah. And this is a character that we know. Yeah, we've seen him a few times. But it's true, like, why do we care? What, like, what's, I mean, what's going on in Baki world? Like, uh, yeah, Kozue is still kidnapped. <laughs> Who knows? And really, this has nothing to do with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally a roadblock. It's like, we want to bring Oliver to Japan. I guess he's got to do this first. He's got to deal with Scarface. Yeah, it's almost like. Yeah, my final note says I thought this was about Baki, not Oliver. So you know, even having not watched it at all, like, I, you know, like I thought there was gonna be more. It's so funny because you had one of the most Baki episodes of the season. Baki had an actual combat in this episode. He had agency. Uh, for the last few episodes, Baki's only shown up in half of them, and he usually really? he usually just kisses goes away, and that's the end. Whoa! <laughs> so. What do you think is the meaning of, like, making Baki so tangential? Like, are they going to introduce him more in the coming episodes? Um, 
this whole season, the Death Row Inmates arc um, is not super Baki focused. After this, we're going to do the Raitai tournament, which is a lot more Baki focused. Then Baki goes back to the Arizona State Prison for a season, and that will be very Baki focused. This is so Wire. Like, he's got that kind of vibe. Like, because you know, Wire has, like, the first season is, like, yeah. Just, uh, like, well, I've often heard drugs. people say The Wire is the best television show of all time. So I think it makes sense. That right, right. <laughs> it would draw a lot of comparisons to Boggy. Yeah, because, like, have you seen it? No. Like, it's the, on my list after all. I think all it's this. You should watch. I think you would like. If you like Boggy, you, <laughs> you would love The Wire. Imagine, like, YouTube recommendations. You, you've watched a lot of Baki. Do you want to watch uh, The Wire? Do you want to try The Sopranos? It could. I mean, I guess it's not on Netflix. It's on HBO. Yeah. But anyways, like, this, the first season is, like, these black people that live in this certain housing project. It's all about Baltimore, right? Yeah, it's all yeah. about Baltimore. Then the next season is, like, these white people that are, like, I don't know, they do something with boats, like, you know, boat freight people. Keep going. I'm gonna keep um, all of this. Like a white, a white mob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think every time I watched it, I like fell asleep halfway through the episode. This sounds like uh, the greatest TV of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not very good at like mansplaining a wire because I didn't pay that much attention. But I know it's supposed to be good, and the parts that I saw, I I liked. But it's just like each season, um, there's a there's a large universe, okay, like the MCU, yeah, or the the Baki universe, BCU. Uh, what does the C stand for? Cinematic. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a Baki movie? No, I'm pretty sure it's just um one anime from the year 2000, and then uh, the two that we've gotten more recently. Um, criminally underadapted franchise, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, so that's the episode. But I wanted to ask you a question, uh, two questions actually, I'm bringing back an old one. The first thing, I haven't done this in a few episodes because we sort of burned through all the good characters, but uh, if you had to define Mr. Oliver in just a sentence or two, how would you define him? Um, arms like a side of beef. <laughs> okay, perfect. What about you? Oh, nobody ever asks me that. Um, a man with... Uh, heart of gold and a steel plate protecting it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, what up? Sorry, I got a call from uh, Mr. Oliver. All right. I did have one other question for you that I ask every person. Uh, I feel like I know your answer here, but now that you've watched an episode of Baki, do you consider it a good show? So this is like a yes or no question. It's not usually. I did have Christian answer it with no and then move on. But uh, <laughs> usually it's, I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, I, uh, the whole time, I'll tell you what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was thinking it's very sophisticated to be watching um, something from somewhere else and I didn't realize that watching the anime was um, so sophisticated you know you're really um, experiencing another culture yeah another culture's aesthetic it's interesting like um, and I think Baki has like a real uh, clear aesthetic Um, Mm -hmm. it's about these sort of 
muscles and these like particular type of angular drawings and um yeah i think it's great perfect i i know what the creators of baki value the most and they're expressing it you know that's that's what i love about it it it, you can tell there's passion in the show like they really have things they like to discuss and um which in this case is fighting martial arts and muscles um and there's always something new yeah and you know what it's also entertaining uh and it's um explicit (laughs) which is a must for me (laughs) i'm i'm being serious like with books and shows and stuff i mean if there's sex involved like i'm probably gonna keep watching oh no we well Lindsay was we were laughing about how you showed as um what's that british show where they're they're um, oh naked attraction yeah and then i showed you this episode of pocket yeah i mean you understand my aesthetic preferences and I, you know I, I pick every episode for a certain person so. <laughs> yeah honestly thank you you know that's all i have to say is just i'm full of gratitude well that's a great note to end things on um yeah so that's the end of season one we're not taking a break we'll be back next week with uh, the first episode of part two of season one uh, more mr oliver uh make sure to review subscribe tell your friends tell your mom get everyone listening to baki talkie uh, because that's all the baki we've got to talkie see you all next week bye <laughs>